Testing. Morning, folks. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Let's pray. God, we just thank you for the word. We thank you for your word, God. It's awesome, Lord. It's full of life, God. And we just open our ears this morning. We choose this morning, God, to just create that good soil, that your word would produce fruit in our lives. And we just do pray for our ears, Lord, to hear well. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So today and, uh, and next week, I'm going to talk about a specific word. It's a very important word in the Bible. And over the last couple of years, and well, the last 25 years, not a couple, but especially over the last few weeks, the Lord's really been highlighting to me, um, for the church and, and definitely for my life, a word in the Bible. And at certain points in, in my walk, he's highlighted it over and over again, brought me back to it again. It's not a new revelation, but it's a foundation to any of those who've sought the Lord and for any of those who want to seek God and expand the kingdom and be useful to the Lord. This week, we're going to look at it from our perspective, and next week, we're going to look at it from God's perspective. And they're different, but obviously related. And the word is all. It's a small word but it has a really big meaning, huge meaning. It's one of the most important words, I think, that we can find in the Bible, and God uses it well in the Bible. He does all things well, but he puts it in specific places that I think bring about a greater meaning for us to understand and go, okay, Lord, it's not, it's not everything, it's, it's everything. It's not just a word we skip over, it's everything, it's all. We sing it often. If you reflect on the words that you sing, we sing this word often. These are, Jesus have it all, right? You've done that one recently, yeah? <laughs> all to Jesus I surrender. And I won't do the other ones. <laughs> I, yeah, you, you got it, you get it. This morning, this morning, I heard you all sing, whatever the cost, whatever it takes. There's an all in in that song. There's an all in. There's a, it, the kids would say full send. All right, kids? Or was that 2020? Maybe that, was, maybe that was 2020. But we sing it often. We pray it. We pray it often, Lord. Whatever it takes, Jesus be the center. Whatever it takes, Lord, all my life to you. All praise, all glory, all honor be unto the Lamb. Everything. There's an everything to our prayers, to our songs, to the way we live. And it's biblical. We see David throughout the Psalms. This is just one, but there's many. He said, I will praise you, O Lord, with all my heart. All my heart. Jeremiah is God speaking. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Deuteronomy. The Ten Commandments, the first one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And Jesus highlights this as the greatest commandment, to love the Lord your God with all your heart. There's another side to this too in Scripture. And one of the passages in Kings, it's Chronicles actually, and if you, look at, if you read the books of Kings and Chronicles, we go through a couple, God goes through a couple of hundred years 
of just little descriptions of different kings for Judah and for, and for Israel. And in Chronicles, 2 Chronicles 25, it talks about Amaziah. And it says, Amaziah was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 29 years. His mother's name was Jehoiadan. She was from Jerusalem. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, but not wholeheartedly. Not with his whole heart. Written in the word of God, Jehoiadan's blurb for his life says, he, sir, he did what was right in the eyes of God but not with his whole heart. And I remember when I first heard this, this man, Amaziah, King Amaziah, preached on, I was in the Cadillac room, which is what we called, it was a room in my old church back in Victoria. I don't know why we called it that. It wasn't the Cadillac of rooms. But it was called the Cadillac room, and I remember someone preaching on Amaziah and just the wholeheartedness that God is looking for from us. And I remember making a decision that day God, I, I want to give you my whole heart. And it was a moment for me. And there's moments for each of us where God's just calling us deeper. He's calling us to that all, to give our all to the Lord in a practical sense. And it is up to me. And it is up to you. How much of your heart, how much of your all, how much of your strength, how much of your mind do you want to give to God? Amaziah chose not to give his whole heart to God. Not to serve the Lord with his whole heart. Each one of us can give God our whole hearts. If he asks us from it, if he asks it from us, that means we can do it. We can commit to God and say, Lord, I'm going to sing these songs, but I want to live the life. I want to live the life. I want to walk it out. There's a sense sometimes in Christianity that we're just, and maybe in life in general, that you're just kind of carried along. Things happen, you're just kind of carried along, you just respond to all these external stimuli, but you're not always in control. God says, love the Lord your God with your whole heart. He's commanding it of us. That means we have a choice to make. I went to this conference once. It was a men's conference. And there was a pre-conference questionnaire they asked us to fill out. And all the guys filled it out and we sent it in and then they compiled and, and shared at the beginning, the first session, what most of the guys were looking for out of the conference. And most of them wrote in, I just want God to get a hold of me. There's that sense that you just kind of, you, you know that there's more. You know there's more. And you're waiting for God to do it, to draw you. And there's moments, but there's also the moment that where you have a choice and you say, God, I want to give you more. I'm going to give you more. I'm going to, I want to look into this word all, and oh, it's, it's everywhere. I want to give you my all, Lord. I want to give you my all. Sometimes we're waiting for God. He's waiting for us, often I think. He's saying it's there. It's there. That life you want to walk out, you choose. Are you going to give him your all? 2 Chronicles 6, 9 said, The eyes of the Lord range to and fro throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are completely his. Not half-hearted his. Completely his. All in. God, you have my heart. He's looking. He's looking to strengthen those hearts to say, Lord, I want you. I want to go all in. It's really quiet here. Completely his. Completely the Lord's. This is what God is looking for. This is what he says he's looking for from us. He's ranging to and fro. He's looking. 
for hearts. And if God commands it, we can do it. We can do it. Jesus talks about it in Matthew chapter 13. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and he sold all he had and he bought it. That conversation might have gone something like this. You didn't expect this, eh? Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to my shop. How can I help you? I'm just looking, thanks. Cool. Go ahead. It's a beautiful shop. You've got a lot of nice things around here. You sell pearls, eh? Indeed I do. Okay. Oh, there we go. I want this pearl. How much does it cost? Wow. That one's a beauty. Oh, that's very expensive. But how much does it cost? Can I afford it? Well, that one costs a large amount, but uh, of course you can afford it. Everyone can afford that one. But didn't you just say it was very expensive? Yes. So how much does it cost? That one is going to cost you everything that you have. Everything? Yep. Everything. Okay, I'll buy it. Great. So how much do you have? What do you have? I have $10,000 in my bank account. $10,000? Well, that's a great start. What else do you have? I have got a few more dollars here. I've got uh, 14, 14, 35. 14, 35. Awesome. What else do you have? That's it. That's all I have. Nothing else? Well, I might have a few more. I thought I might have a few more dollars in the car. A car? Awesome. Yeah. You want me to go get them? Yes, please. Okay. Here you go. Thank you. That's it. That's all I've got. Empty now. So where are you, you going to stay? Well, I might have a few more dollars in my house. You got a house? Yeah. A house too? Yeah. Great. Where are, where are me and the kids and the wife going to sleep? Got a camper? I have a camper. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> and you got a wife? Did you mention a wife and kids? I have a wife. I have kids. Yeah. Great. They're part of the cost. They're part of the cost. Oh, wow. I'll well, take you. You've got everything now. You've got everything. You got my wife. You got my kids. You got my house. You got my car. You got my camper. You got all my money. This, this pearl is very expensive. I did say everything. And uh, one more thing. There's more? How many B's in the word Jeb? Me? I did say everything. I was quite clear. Wow. Thank you. Awesome, bud.
Everything. Everything. All of it. That was no practice. Thank you, Lee. <laughs> if you get an email from me, watch out. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Jesus is telling us the truth here. He's being very clear about the kingdom and what it costs. It's everything. It's all. It's everything. It's not just part. We don't give Jesus the leftovers. There is a king and there is a kingdom. The kingdom of heaven has a king. And following that king will cost you all you have. Everything. All in. Our time. Our finances. Our family. Ourselves. In the practical, if I bow the knee to somebody, if I have a king and I say, okay, you're, you're my king, and I swear fealty to this king, and I say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to swear my life to you. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to give everything to you. How would you expect me to live? I'd live differently than I did before I did that. Right? I've now sworn fealty to somebody. He's my king. What he says goes. How much more to the king of kings? How much more to the king of kings, our Lord Jesus Christ? Is he looking for the all in? Everything. And he doesn't leave us. He doesn't leave us just like that and say, okay, he helps us. He helps us. He molds us. He shapes us. He gives us his Holy Spirit. And he has good works for us to do. He has good works preordained, foreordained for us to walk in. And the extent we're going to walk in those is related to the extent we're going to understand this word all. The extent we're going to walk and the, the foreordained good works God has for us is related to the extent we understand this word all, everything. And we can do this. We cannot give more than all we have. But we all have an all. Each one of us has an everything. Comparing ourselves to others doesn't help. God's looking at each one of us. And he says this pearl of great price this kingdom of heaven will cost you all you have. And it's up to us, wholehearted or half-hearted, to walk it out. Hot, going after the things of God, or lukewarm? Growth or the status quo? Preparing the soil of our hearts to be good soil or allowing it just to stay as it is? God's looking for us to go all in. And we can do it. Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. All in. At some point, Christianity gets practical. At some point, as we're walking this out and we sing the songs, and then Monday comes, it's now a practical, okay, well, how am I going to walk this out as a Christian? How am I going to live this life? And I believe God's calling us to understand the more of the all, the all in. He wants us to walk in it. Daily, take up your cross. And we walk it out day by day and decision by decision. We walk out obedience to Jesus. All to Jesus, I surrender. All to him, I freely give. And if you note the Greek, that word all, the Greek is pas or pa, I'm not sure how you say it, 
but just in case there's any confusion about that word, the Greek is very clear as well. Each, every, any, all, the whole, everyone, all things, everything, everything. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. That's everything. That's no corner left over here for me. Saying, Lord, you can have this, but not this. This 10%, this whatever I'm holding on to, God. Not for your, not for your kingdom. God's looking for everything. And these are just a few areas I'm just going to touch on a little bit as we, as we close, before we close here. There's more areas than this, obviously. But Christianity gets practical. At some point, this becomes more than a song. And it becomes a, how are you going to live? How am I going to live? And honestly, preparing this, and I was talking with my wife, preparing the sermon, ahead of time, we're both like, man, can, can you preach this, Jeb? Can I preach? Oh, she didn't say that, but I'm thinking that. And, and my goodness, like the Lord, the Lord's looking for all, and we can each do it. But it's a decision, day by day. Future. James 4 says, now listen, you who say today or tomorrow, we'll go to this or that city, we'll do this, we'll make money. You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. The decisions you're making about where you're going to live. The Bible says he knows the times and places where we're going to live. God's got it sorted out. Are you offering those unto the Lord? If it's the Lord's will, I'm going to move here. If it's the Lord's will, I'm going to do this. Or is it your will? Is that something you're prepared to ask God about? And people often ask me, because we've got four kids, living in Vancouver, like, why are you still in Vancouver? You grew up in a, in a small town. They ask me, but the Lord never asked me. The Lord hasn't asked me where I want to live. And one day he might, but he hasn't yet. God's called me to live here. And if he's going to call me elsewhere, he's going to make a plan. I believe that. Have you given your future to God? Have you said, Lord, here's my steps, here's my ideas, my thoughts. You are the Lord. I want to give it all to you. He will direct you. He will lead you. He will. He will. Money and things. Is money bad? No. But the love of money is. We see in Mark 10, the rich young ruler, Jesus looked at him and he said, this rich young ruler came to Jesus and said, what must I do to follow you? And he said, do these things. He said, yeah, I've done all those things. And he says, Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go and sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. And it says, at this, the man's face fell, and he went away sad because he had great wealth. Now, God does not tell every rich person or every person with money and means to do that, but he was looking at his heart, his heart, this, this rich young ruler's heart was not completely his. All these things I've given you, God, but there's this thing here, and the Lord says, that's the thing. You want to come follow me, it's going to cost you everything. And that was part of his everything, that he had not yielded, and he walked away. He had a choice to make, and he made his choice. At this, the man's face fell. And that's one for us sitting here. And for the team going to Zambia, you're going to see, every time you go to another country, out of Canada, I often find, wow, are we wealthy. Right? You come back, it's all relative. And even here in Vancouver, it's all relative. 
But, it's, but we can all give our all to God and say, Lord, it's yours, whatever you want. And God may challenge us on it. He may challenge you as soon as you say that. You go, okay, well, now it's real. Now it's real. I've sung the songs. I've prayed the prayers. Now I've got to live the life. Is your heart his? Children. Do your children come before the Lord? Your children's future, your children's happiness, your children's activities. This is one speaking to Vancouver. Do your children come before the Lord and the things of God? Have you given the Lord your children? Say, Lord, I want to raise my kids as you want me to raise them. I want to give it my all to you. Lord, help me in this. Or do you prioritize children's activities and everything before God? And we often see that in this city and in a kind of Western culture is the kids rule the roost. And God's looking for us to get it right, to give our all to God. Our time. We all differ in many ways, but we all have the same amount of time. Someone says, oh, how are you doing? I'm busy. And busy is the new fine. If people ask you, how are you doing? Busy. Everyone says busy. That's the new normal. Right? You're busy, you're busy. Okay, we're all busy. I get it. But we all have the same amount of time. We all have the exact same amount. And there's so many things to distract us. Everything, it seems, wants a piece of you. Everything wants a piece of you. Your social media wants a piece of you. Right? The TV wants a piece of you. Your, your work and kids' activities, all of these things want a piece of you. Does Jesus get the leftovers? Or does he get the all? And okay, Lord, I want to make decisions based on how you're leading me and you're leading my family. I want to present these things to you. God, lead me in it. I'm giving you my all. Or does he get the leftovers? And that's a decision. Or God might be calling you to something. And this is often how he, how he works with me. God's calling me something, and I go, Lord, that's not convenient. I've got all these things going on. I'm busy like everyone else is busy. And God's calling me to something. Do something. Talk to this person, whatever it is. And it's like, I don't think God cares about my convenience. It's a test. Am I all in for God? Have I given him my time? And the last one I have here is comfort. Matthew chapter 8, a teacher of the law came to Jesus and he said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. And Jesus is telling that, that man right now, you say you're going to follow me, but you're going to be tested on that. Because there's going to be times when you're uncomfortable following me. And we live in a pretty comfortable society in many ways. Comfort is, is, is here. And if, if you're on Instagram a lot, man, it's all, the, it's all the best of everything, right? I want that, I want that, and we're comparing and we're looking, but it's all like, I want to be more comfortable. I want this. It'll, it'll give me more of a sense of peace and comfort and all of these things. Following Jesus, you're going to have to give that up. There's going to be times when he calls you to something that's not comfortable. Are you ready to say, Lord, okay, I'm going to give it to you, God. I want you to take my life. Take it all. That's a guarantee. He is going to call you to things that are not comfortable. And that's, that's, that's God's way. When you follow Jesus, when you read the Gospels, do you think his disciples were comfortable often? Like, there were times, obviously, when they were just hanging out with him, but there was a lot when it's just Jesus being Jesus, and he's still Jesus today, and he still wants to call us out of those zones. So I'll call us out of the status quo, call us to the, okay, Lord, there's more.
okay, there's all that you're looking for. So just in closing here, it's a small word, all, but it has a big meaning. It has a big meaning. The Lord knows everything about your life. The Lord knows the decisions you've made where you go, man, I, I made a wrong decision there and I'm kind of stuck in it. The Lord knows everything about where you're at right now. Everything. It's all naked and laid bare before him. But I'm going to pray this morning. And just if there's anything that stood out to you where you go, Lord, I just recognize that right now I want to make a change. Right now, my all is not as all as it should be, Lord. Or my life is not given over to you, God. Some of these areas we go, you know what, Lord? You're putting your finger on something there. And you've done that before, maybe. Maybe God's talked to you before about that. But today, he's just reminding you again. I just encourage you to stand with me this morning. And I'm going to pray. It's a small word, but it has a big meaning. And you're standing before God. God's putting his finger on something. So God, we thank you for your word this morning, God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Lord, we just declare over our lives that you are our God, that you are for us and you are not against us. And if God is for us, who can stand against us, Lord? Lord, we do just offer our lives to you afresh this morning. We kneel and bow before the King of kings, the King of all the earth. We kneel before you, Lord. We honor you. You are our God. You are my God. Lord, those areas that stand out to us this morning, what you're putting your finger on, Lord, we just want to commit to you, God. We want to give you our all this morning. We want to give it to you, God. Decisions about the future. Lord, priorities about family and kids, money and things, Lord. We just give it to you, Lord. We give it all to you, God. All to you, God. Our time, Lord. I pray, Father, for those that are too busy, give us wisdom, God, to get it right. We give you our time. We're sick of giving you the, the last of it, God. We want to give you the first fruits because you are worthy, Lord. You are worthy of it all. You are worthy. You are the Lord of all. You're the creator of all the world, God. You hold everything together by the power of your word. Right now, you hold it all together. You are our God. You are awesome, Lord. And we just want to give it all to you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.